Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Courageous Parenting Podcast. Welcome back. Hi. If you saw our first episode, you're back. And if this is your first time, welcome. And if you're listening on YouTube, uh, I'm so glad you did. And we are just in awe of what God is doing right now. Yeah, it's been really exciting. We've had a lot of downloads in the last few days and five-star reviews and ratings. And people are just, it's the message that we're sharing is really resonating with people, which is encouraging to us because you guys are our brothers and sisters in Christ. You're in the trenches with us in the parenting trenches. And we just are so encouraged to see so many parents being intentional, wanting to grow in their parenting, wanting to be um, on purpose and to be impacting future generations. Absolutely. And just a couple numbers. The last two days, over a thousand downloads, uh, 56 five star reviews, uh, just in awe of the comments coming in. Mm-hmm. And it's so, humbling. and, but really, this is for God's glory. Totally. And to equip our mission is to equip one million families and their legacies to leave a godly legacy and kingdom impact. And if we can be part of that, that's amazing. So, it's an exciting honor to partner with God in doing this. It's absolutely. Cool. And so the last episode, we're talking about visioneering as parents for the new year. And this episode, because of the feedback we got, so many positive things about it and some questions, we're doing how to cultivate the right culture in your family for mm-hmm. the new year. And that plays off of the last episode. Culture is incredibly powerful. It's the ethos. It's the behaviors when nobody's looking. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the unwritten rules. Um, It's what actually is versus what parents think exists. It's also their identity, right? A huge part of our identity is revealed through the culture that we live out as a family, as individuals in the community, in the body of Christ, in our relationships. And so we're really excited to be able to dig into some of the things that we touched on in the previous episode, like power of words. We're gonna talk a little bit more about that and explain a little bit more about that. And then we're gonna go over three steps to building the right culture, so stick with us. Oh, it's perfect. And so let's talk about the power of words. Words are incredibly important as parents. And we underestimate the power they have on the conscious and subconscious minds of our children and how that dictates their interaction with us and how that forms them into their teenage years in a good or negative way, especially with being open and honest with you. That's right. So words are incredibly powerful. Another thing is, is one of being a mom and being a blogger and being on social media, you see a lot of memes that say, you are beautiful, you are special, God loves you, these kinds of things, right? And so those are really empowering things. And, you know, that whole um, speak life, don't speak death into one another's, there is so much powerful biblical truth in that. But what we're talking about I believe actually goes a a step deeper because 
we want to be careful not to just be speaking um, flattering words to people, but we want to be speaking powerful, intentional words into our children's life, both when we're disciplining them, when we're rewarding them, when we're um, encouraging the right kind of behaviors that we see in them all the time. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're not just talking about speaking that kind of life, although it is actually speaking life into someone when you are exhorting them, for example, which is different than just encouraging somebody, right? A big leadership flaw. You see this in business. You see this in parenting. Same thing, by the way. You're a leader in both places. Totally. And so um, is underestimating the power of your influence. And so... A lot of times, leaders, parents, have to get feedback to know if their influence is working. And that is a leadership flaw. Because you can't have feedback as a requirement if things are working. Because what you say consistently over a long period of time, whether you get any feedback or not, has a dramatic impact on your kids and their trajectory if it's towards the culture and the culture wins their heart, Mm -hmm. or if God wins their heart with your influence. That's so true. I can think of just within our own parenting, one of the things that we've talked about with our kids whenever they were, when they were little and they used to try to convince us to let them do something and they would say, oh, but so-and-so's mom lets them watch that movie or so-and-so's mom lets them play that video game. And right away, my reaction was, oh, it's so unfortunate that you used that because we don't do what the world does. Romans 12 says, and then, you know, we would constantly say those kinds of things over and over again in our parenting. Well, let's say... Uh, since you brought up Romans 12, let's read it real quick. Romans 12, 2. This is a paramount scripture for your parenting. You should have this down. You should read this to your kids. Read it yourself. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so you should use that even if you have a two-year-old, three-year-old. You know, you're helping them write scripture upon their hearts from a young age right. as they're getting older. In fact, it's interesting as you're reading that that particular passage of scripture, something just popped into my mind. When we're using, when we're talking about the power of words, we do not want to be using the words that the culture or the secular world is using when we're parenting. For example, you do not want to be saying you're naughty to your kids mm. when you are disciplining them or they are doing something that they know is wrong and they're being disobedient. You don't go, that's not um, going to be a profitable, fruit-bearing way of interacting with your child, training them or disciplining them. Instead, you need to get down on your knees, look them in the eyes and talk to them with biblical words using a biblical vocabulary. And this is what I mean. Instead of saying you're naughty, saying that is sinful. Do you see how the difference is that in in calling them naughty, all of a sudden they are creating an identity for themselves where they're viewing themselves as naughty. And if you speak that kind of death into a child's life, guess what kind of behavior you can expect from them the rest of their childhood, especially if they're hearing it over and over and over and over again. So instead you get down and you talk about the sin because the sin is not actually attached to their identity. Their identity is separate from what they do. However, it is a symptom and reflection of what is in their heart. And so instead of being upset that we're seeing those things, we need to be thankful to the Lord that we're seeing symptoms of what's in their heart so we can actually deal with it and use proper biblical vocabulary. That is sin. I hope what you're seeing and hearing is that 
parenting is a long game. Yeah. Too many times people play it short, which is the day, the mundane tasks, things like that. But if you don't have vision and see the long game, like we talked about in the previous episode, then you're not going to do the right things in the moment. And the right things is not creating a self-fulfilling uh, prophecy, if you've ever heard of that, which is the things you are saying inadvertently are creating a disaster for your parenting and relationship with your kids in the teenage years. However, if you have vision and you understand what Angie was just talking about, then you're going to make sure you're disciplined to only talk to your kids in the right ways so that the teenage years are something to look forward to. Right. Now, there are times when you're probably going to screw this up. I do all the time. But in that moment, you need to catch yourself and go, I'm sorry, I should not have called you naughty because that's actually calling your child a name. It would be the same as calling someone a brat or, um, and, and we don't use that kind of terminology. We don't allow our kids to use that kind of language or even that, um, it's, it's not even the language. It's actually just calling people names. Like we don't allow that in our family. And yeah. it's not actually something that's been a problem because we don't do it to our kids. So do you see how it, it actually, if you call your children naughty or whatever it is, and then you tell them not to call a kid a name, do you see how that's hypocritical? It's totally hypocritical. And what I love about this, what's so important, I want to make sure everybody caught it, is the word sin teaching them about sin Mm -hmm. isn't just teaching what the Bible says, although that's important. It has to be an experiential thing that happens from when they're very, very young, always throughout, where they are understanding where they're being sinful and what that means and how that is separation from God. Mm -hmm. And that's why Jesus is so important. So this is a whole gospel message over 18 years that you're sharing with your kids by not calling them names and instead letting them understand where they're sinful. You're so right. good at this. It's great. Oh, thank you. I, you know, I could get a lot better, but it's something that I work on regularly, and I'm honest with myself. I think that's a huge part of it, is that we're all, we can be our own worst critic, but in this regard, it's, it's a good thing mm-hmm. that we are our worst critic because we need to be yeah. humble, and being aware of where our shortcomings are helps us to be in that place. Well, let's talk about not being a hypocrite, because okay. if your words are different than your actions, you are a hypocrite. (laughs) Right. Now, have we all been a hypocrite at times? Yes, including us. But we try really hard. We commit to not being a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. Because what are the young adults screaming from the rooftops about adults these days? Hypocrite. There is a lack of good leadership in our world. There's heroes out there that your kids look up to, and then they're in the news for something horrible. And so (laughs) there's really a lack of heroes today. And so you need to be their hero. And one way to be their hero is to not be the hypocrite when there's a world of hypocrites around them. Mm -hmm. And that starts at age two, three, four, five, six, seven, because they're forming their relationship and view of you and how they view you in a large part dictates how they view God when they're young. Oh, so true. I want to read to you guys from James chapter one, verse 26, because it talks about what we're talking about, which is hypocrites. Um, Isaac actually found this verse and recommended it to me. And as I've been sitting here and just thinking about it, I'm, I'm convicted. And I hope that many of you guys are too. It says, if any man among you seems to be religious and bridleth not his tongue. Okay. We're talking about the power of words and we need to be aware that we need to bridle our tongues. But if we do not bridleth our tongue, but deceiveth, his own heart, 
this man's religion is in vain. Mm-hmm. So there's two aspects to that, right? It's talking about the power of the tongue, but it's also talking about being deceived in your own heart. And there are other scriptures that we know of that talk about how out of the heart comes out of the mouth comes what's in the heart and i think that's in matthew and um we need to be so aware that what we are saying it's not just what we're saying it's also how we say it it's our tones and this is something that we talk to our kids about regularly whether we're in conflict or we're just in conversation with them or we're watching them in conversation with one another to be aware of our body language and our tones because there is a lot of power in the attitudes that are being portrayed as we're speaking as well um it's so important do not be a hypocrite right and let your words be as good as gold and be an example of that mm -hmm. otherwise you're creating hypocrites for the world that's not what you want right yeah no it's not biblical so let's talk about these three steps and dive into this um what we talked about before were just critical pieces to making these three steps work and in the last episode, we talked a little bit about the first step, and that is to audit what is. So here we are at the end of 2018, about to go into 2019. It's vital to reflect really honestly, I would say almost brutally honestly, right? in some ways, mm-hmm. um, and really look at your parenting, but also look at the behaviors, attitudes, and character of your children. And be really honest. Okay, this is where if you're a mom, you're going to have to be honest with yourself. When you wake up in the morning, do you put on rose-tinted glasses? Or are you the type of parent that is dealing with the reality of what is are – you, are you a realist when it comes to evaluating yeah. what's in the hearts of your children and – the behaviors that they have and what they're capable of. And when I say a realist, that means being able to evaluate properly and acknowledge when your child's in sin, but also being a realist because the Bible is real and it gives us guidance and direction in how we should be viewing children. It says that children, um, that foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. And so we have to be aware of what scripture is, one, warning parents of, when they give birth to children. They're not just um, innocent angels until they hit a certain age, okay? Children are capable of sin. And so we as parents have to be realistic in understanding that. Oh, it's crucial. And so think about this to extend beyond last episode is what does it mean to be a your last name? So just put your last name in there. So what does it mean to be a Tolpin in our case? Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to be a Christian? I think those are two powerful questions to really audit, reflect on what is Mm -hmm. compared to what you want. And so to start looking at that, what does it mean to be a Tolpin and what does it mean to be a Christian? We want to create a family name identity that's in alignment with God's principles in the Bible. Mm And we also want to make sure we're, ta- we're thinking about what does it mean to be a Christian, which is far more important than your last name. Right. So those things are really, really important. You want weight to that. Tolpins do this. Tolpins don't do that. Right. Tolpins I mean, act this way. And over so forth. the years, there have been tons of different things. Like, for example, when the kids, if we ask them to do something, if they ever use the word try, that was like a bad word. It's a in bad our word. It, it, they might as well have said the F word. Okay. And, <laughs> Meaning, uh, 
oh, I'm not really going to obey you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how bad I'll try is in our family or I can't. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like, you know, they understand that and we don't freak out, of course, but I think it's unique, you know, and what are the unique things you can bring to your family? Because your kids are unique, you are unique parents, and you are destined to be together by God's design. And not only that, but I mean, you see it written all over again on memes that you were chosen to be your mother's child. You were chosen to be your father's child. Actually, that's truth. Yeah. But in this regard, recognizing the power that's actually in that statement it goes farther that God, yes, God did choose you because he is putting passions on your heart. He is putting burdens on your heart. He has put calling on your life. Um, we all have universal callings, like as brothers and sisters of Christ, we have the Great Commission, right? Mm-hmm. But some people have been given different gifts than other people. And so there is a specific calling and purpose for different people. And he gave you your children so that you would be imparting upon them, teaching them, training them like an apprentice in a way. And God chose that child to be in your culture, to be in your environment, to be in your presence, to be under your tutelage, if you will, right? And so it's more than just he chose you to be a mom of this specific child. So that's the audit. That's step one. And once you have written, brainstormed, whether you use a journal, piece of paper, a whiteboard, we're kind of crazy and have a whiteboard in our house. Um, We have like three. It's true. Just going to be honest. It's just so helpful, (laughs) you know? the second tip is to decide. Yeah. And what are you deciding upon? You're not making a lot of decisions. You're making a few very important decisions. And those decisions are, as you look at the attitudes, behaviors, and character of your children in the last year, you analyze what does it mean to be a Tolpin, what does it mean to be a Christian. Then you look at your brainstorming effort that you did, and then you go, what are the two to four areas that are most important to influence Mm -hmm. this year. Mm -hmm. And for every family, it's going to look different because your 2018 is different than our 2018. And we might all have different age kids and there's different aspects of things. And God wants unique things. maybe you're just getting started also, right? And you have little kids. And I say just to encourage those of you who have children that are two or under or you haven't even started having your kids yet. um, This is the perfect time for you to be practicing, to be working on this, to be discussing with your spouse, to be praying about what kind of vision you want for your family, what mission God has given. Um, purposed for you to bring to this world in a way, right? Like for us, years ago, one of the things that we wanted for our kids was for them to have strong work ethic. Mm -hmm. And so, and we'll talk about this in future episodes, but I'll just touch on it. So we (laughs) were crazy and we decided to cultivate a vineyard. So we planted 1,300 plants with five kids under seven. Because Luke was literally like six weeks old when we planted that video. That's another story. We'll get to yeah. that later. But, but we wanted to do a project with them good. and teach work ethic. And so for you, like dream, this is, should be an exciting thing where you're deciding, right? With your spouse where you're dreaming, like what are the most important character qualities we want our kids to leave our home with? Yeah, work When they good. launch, what must they have? Yeah. What tools? I'm going to pause just for a moment and speak to something and then we'll get back to the ending part of point two and point three is crucial that makes all this work. But before we move forward, we have some really exciting news. We are fully moving into ministry, already have. I used to be an entrepreneur and doing all kinds of things uh, in the business world and God has just pushed me 
uh, and joined me with my wife to do full-time ministry. And I'm excited about it. It's been amazing. And you all have been so encouraging so far, especially with the podcast. One of the ways we're going to fund this is through crowdfunding. Kickstarter.com is the best platform for this. And we put a lot of effort into a very short video on the Kickstarter page that I would love everybody to look at. If you go to CourageousParenting.com, hit the menu and just hit Kickstarter. Uh, you can hit the button there and go right to the Kickstarter page or on Kickstarter, you can just search for Courageous Parenting. But we would really love for you to be involved in that. And you get to go see too, the resources we're putting together. It takes a lot just to do this podcast. It takes a lot to do the books that are incredible. They're gonna be coming out, Courageous mm -hmm. Parenting. Mm -hmm. And obviously the mentor program, which you can look get on our website, CourageousParenting.com, but also at the Kickstarter. So anyways, I just wanted to do our own quick commercial and promotion of something that's very important and enables this to happen. Right. Yeah. And we're really thankful too, because this is actually become something that's bigger than just Isaac and I doing together in our marriage. Our son's been helping us with editing podcasts and different things like that. It's and so this thing. has become a family thing, which is part of our decision. It's part of our dream too. It's part of our dream. And so you see, this is a perfect example of how God lays something on your heart yep. for the world, for the building of his kingdom. What is that? I want to ask you, what is that? Yep. And then to think about what character qualities you really think are necessary to instill in your children before you leave. And then you write those two to four down, which is where we're at in the process. So back on decide. So that's point two. So we audit and step one, point two is to decide what are the two to four areas of focus for this year. And when you decide, you have to craft your culture driving statements. So Isaac, what were our culture driving statements last year? Let's give them some ideas. Yeah, we have we have many, but two very important initiatives that we'll share today are producers versus consumers and discipline were two that uh, I'd love to share. Yeah, we just focused on those last year. So we just thought that we would give you guys an example to kind of give you ideas. So I'll share about the producers versus sure. consumers. Um, uh, so we, as you know, have eight children ranging three months old up to 18 years old. And last year we were just talking about um, social media, video games, um, reading books, watching movies, like just different things that are a part of a family life and part of a family culture. And we were evaluating them and we had just allowed a few of our children the year previous to get on social media. Mm -hmm. And so we were doing the audit process and we were talking about, okay, so how, what is what is realistically an evaluation for how they've been handling social media, for example, yeah. just use that as an example. And Isaac right away was like, I really would love to see them being more producers than consumers, meaning posting more versus just flipping through the social media feed. And so for those of you who have teenagers, maybe this is resonating with you. For those of you who have little kids, maybe this story will resonate with you. As a mom, I have an option every single day throughout the day, moment by moment, to either be engaging with my kids and helping the younger kids to be producers, like getting out the Play-Doh, getting out paint, creating a craft for grandma and grandpa, um, doing a homeschool project, or sitting 
and flicking in my phone or getting back to other people, right? Which I want to talk about. And putting this, a movie on for them, and right? Stuff. And put exactly. So you would be putting like a movie on as a babysitter or um, allowing kids to play video games or whatever. And so for myself, what holds me accountable regularly is that I don't want my kids doing those things because number one, what am I modeling for them if I'm doing this? I'm modeling for them that I'm a consumer and I'm also training them in how to be a consumer as I am advocating for them to sit quietly and watch the movie so mommy can get this done. Now, I'm not like fully anti-movie or fully (laughs) anti-video game. However, we are very um, balanced and we have some strict boundaries and we are really careful not to abuse those privileges or those entertainment options. But it's so right. It starts at such a young age. As soon as you let the the media be a babysitter, guess what they scream for every single day? That's right. Now, we're not going to be talking very much about technology. This is just one example. Another thing would be, um, as far as producing versus consuming, would be doing productive jobs around the house, doing chores, um, versus like just... So, for example, like with our boys, our girls love to cook. We have one son that also really enjoys being in the kitchen. But everybody loves to eat. They all love to consume what the the, the kids who love to produce eat. Let's get more people but, cooking. But we, but we decided to try to push them to get more people cooking. Yep. And so that they could all be blessing one another. So. And another one is, ours last year was discipline. Is having the discipline to stay the course mm-hmm. when things are hard and persevere and follow through and um, to develop more discipline. So we had several people, you know, working out way more this year. I was one of those um, helping to lead the efforts. In fact, my son inspired me to have a whole new health Mm -hmm. focus, my older son, Austin. So just some really important things. Now, those might sound, you might be going, wow, those are really good but they may not be the right ones for you. That's why the audit, that first step is so crucial. Right. Because these were important for this last year. We're actually gonna have two new ones for this year that we're working on and praying mm-hmm. on right now and we'll have done in the next couple of days. Maybe we'll share in the next episode what those are just <laughs> as a recap. So decide your areas of focus and craft your key statements. See, produce producers versus consumers. Kind of rhymes. You want it to be memorable. Another one is eagles versus seagulls. That's a whole nother conversation we'll talk about sometime. But, you know, there's key little statements. Be creative. Get them dialed. And it might be as simple as the one we had last year, just discipline. Mm-hmm. And then I would talk around it and Angie would talk around it. And it'd be initiatives that we would drive for the year. Yeah. So one thing that's really important is once you decide that, the third step is to communicate it. Do you want to talk a little bit about that with them? It's huge. Communication is huge. And this is where it drops off because uh, I want you to think about right now something that you purposely thought of that was important to drive the behavior of your children and you developed a key statement for and you communicated nonstop, meaning at least some every day for an entire year. And I guarantee you almost nobody will raise their hand on this. I've been in speaking in front of a thousand business people and ask that question and almost nobody raises their hand when they lead entire organizations and it's because we often like i said earlier need feedback to stay the course Mm -hmm. and that's a flaw as a leader these are things you're going to do regardless of feedback in fact the areas that drive culture forward are often friction points and they're points where your audience your children aren't super excited about you talking about all the time necessarily like for example work (laughs) ethic 
How many kids are going to be like, oh, yay, mom and dad are driving those chores again. But subconsciously, (laughs) as a leader, you don't get feedback. It feels like they're not responding to it. And so you stop and then you start talking about something else. And pretty soon you're a leader that talks about all kinds of things and is always changing what they talk about and doesn't get traction. This is the long game. You will see if you communicate about your two to four key statements nonstop for an entire year, not only is it influence each Mm -hmm. other in marriage and align you in parenting on the most important things, but it will have an indelible impact over the year and forever with your children. So it is crucial to communicate about those things. So um, we are about out of time. Yeah. Time flies, doesn't it? It sure does when we're having fun. There is one last thing. Can I just share one last tip? Yes, go for it. So as Isaac was just sharing about the importance of communicating over and over again throughout a whole year and not needing feedback, I want to remind you guys, because I have to remind myself, that when we sit down to choose, to prayerfully think about audit and choose the disciplines or choose the initiatives that we feel like God is leading us to instill in our kids for the year, they're biblical things. Yeah. They were biblical character qualities. They're biblical. It's going to create biblical fruit mm-hmm. that Jesus himself talks about, that the gospel talks about. And so you don't need feedback. You actually need to understand that in doing that, you're obeying the Bible. And that's our biggest motivation for doing this is that we want to raise kids who are learning how to live out what scripture instructs us to. And that even though they're children, they still are part of the body of Christ. And this is still relevant to them today. And so when you're choosing your disciplines and you're communicating it with your kids, Mm -hmm. I really want to encourage you guys to find passages of scripture that maybe even you memorize with your kids and you take it to that deeper level with them where they understand like, whoa, this is something God is actually commanding us to do. Get ready for the transformation in 2019. This is going to be incredible. And by the way, very, very important two things, which is please give us a review. It's not for our egos. No. It's for God's glory. And it's to get this message out there to impact more families and more of their future legacies. So would you do that? Would you take a moment and give us hopefully five stars if you love this and uh, write an actual review too and share this. That would be amazing. And we are just overjoyed about the response for this. So thank you for joining us and we hope it was a blessing to you. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.